Hey guys, welcome back to the Pennies to Pounds podcast with your host Kia. And this is a podcast where we aim to dispel your myths, simplify difficult financial jargon and rectify your own personal problems. Happy Monday and we're back again with another amazing episode for you today. And today we're talking about all things money, but in terms of salary and jobs. Because as we all know, there's a cost of living crisis going on out there and things are getting more expensive. So we need to make sure that we are being paid our worth when working a nine to five. So to help me with that, I have an amazing guest with me. Guest, who are you? Hello everyone and hi Kia. Um, <laughs> I am Shay. My name is Shay, um, also known as Jobs with Shay. So I am a job search content creator. You're doing incredible things because if you follow Shay online, you know that you've had so much value from her because you're just sharing the threads, <laughs> sharing you, the sis. tips, sharing what people need to know. So Thank I want to ask you. you, how did you get into doing this, into sharing what you know and mm-hmm. helping people get the jobs they want and negotiate the salaries that they deserve? Mm, um, how did I get into this? It really was, I'd say, quite a natural thing. Like out of my group of friends, when it comes to like talking money, when it comes to like job search, everyone's always just been like, Shay, what do you think about this? So I think I said this recently, like one of my friends, when he wrote his, um, you know, that letter that you write to get into uni. That, yeah, like, per- the personal statement. Pers- right. His personal statement. He was like, Shay, you realise you wrote that for me. I was like, wow, like wow. I actually did so. And yeah, it's just loads of things just built up. And then I think over the past couple of years, I've just realised that I really enjoy writing. And I think I can write quite compellingly to, you know, just tell people what they need to do in the job search so yeah I think that comes up yeah. I've, I've read a number of friends and I'm like <laughs> thank you the thing girl. is you start off with a hook like if you have an interview make sure you read this friend and save this for later I'm like girl I don't even have an interview but I want to read this now I want to save this for later yeah, so you bookmarks. are honestly killing it <laughs> thank and you you also have other things going on yes so what I else do, do you do because you are a busy busy woman yeah so no we were just saying that life is just life is yeah, busy just doing us but um yeah, so other than that, so I do have a nine to five as well. So I work in tech sales and um, that's in like the HR tech sort of niche. And then my other business is completely different, but it's an events business. So that's a black British pub quiz, which you've come to. Actually, I, I just remembered. Yeah. I came to yeah, and yeah, I yeah. won. Do you remember? Yes. Oh my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. I literally remember. <laughs> so good. Yeah. No. Yeah, so. so how did you start? The well, pub quiz. Yes. The pub and what is it called? Yeah, oh, of course. The pub quiz is called Party Here. Um, and... Essentially, me and my friend wanted to do an event like for ages and ages. And then we realized there were loads of events coming up, but we we felt there was a gap in the market for like more casual things. Um, and then we were looking for something to do. We didn't, we wanted to do something different to a party. And then I actually went to a pub quiz when I lived in Luxembourg years Ooh, and years ago now. Cool. But I couldn't answer a single question. I, li- I literally couldn't, like, not one. There was, like, one guess the song, I think, there was. And I it was, like, Kings of Leon. And I think I got that point. But other than that, it was nothing. So I messaged my friend. I was like, this is what we need to do. She was like, yep. And then we went from The rest there. is history. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. I yeah. went and it was so much fun. No, it was a good I always had the best time. <laughs> how I won. I'm glad. Me and my team. I don't know how we won, but I was happy. I said, no. Well. Give yourself the credit. Yeah, man. honestly, I was like, Cause it's hard. Great. It's hard. It, it was hard. Yeah, if I didn't hard. write the questions myself, like I wouldn't know the answers. Yeah, so, it was yeah. It was. It was. a joint effort. Everyone with their combined yeah. knowledge. That's how we got there, but it was yeah. so good. But let's I'm get good. into the topic of today. So yeah. we're talking about salaries, negotiating salaries yep. and trying to get paid what we deserve. Yeah. So first and foremost, to get us started, mm-hmm. how can someone determine what the market value is for the role or the position that they're going for to know that they're actually getting paid their worth, right? So let's let's take, for me example, mm-hmm. when I was looking and I was in my second year of uni, you kind of looking at graduate roles or you're looking at roles and I'm like, okay, cool. This one's paying me like 17K. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. then- 
you know, as things go on, you realize 70K is really underpaying. But yeah. How can someone know what the average should be for the role and position that they're going for? Yeah, so I think this is a great question because I think this is where you need to start, right? You need to like do your research and just understand what your market rate, as you put it, is. I think where I would suggest that everybody looks, especially in the UK, is Glassdoor. Um, so the first thing you want to do basically is to look online. And if when you're looking online, it's not just at the company that you're searching for, because in order to understand the market rate, it needs to be the market, not just the company. So, and a lot of the time, sometimes companies might not have that data available. So you want to look at the specific company, the specific role, if not that, then similar sized companies and like similar roles in that within that industry. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's the first thing, just literally having a look online and seeing there if that data is available. And then me personally, I'm a massive advocate, and I know you are as well, of just speaking about money and yes. asking openly. So the second thing I'd probably say is to speak to people about it. Okay. So I'm not saying like, you know, say to someone, what's your salary? How much are you earning? But I think a really sensible way to do it is, um, you know, you can say, oh, I'm interviewing for um, the BBC, right? I don't know. Um, interviewing for the BBC, I'm thinking of asking for about 30K. Does this sound about right to you? Right. Am, I, am I too high or too low? And then that gives them the freedom to come back to you and say, oh, actually, that's a little bit low. Or actually, they wouldn't pay that much. I don't know what the BBC pays. It's just mm -hmm. an example. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, yeah. That makes that's total sense. Yeah. And you can... You mentioned Glassdoor, so that's just a yeah. website that people can go on and yeah. have a search. Exactly. And get a kind of an understanding of what salary ranges they're looking for. Yeah, Glassdoor is where I would start. Like, that's my favourite. I, I know also um, LinkedIn have an option for that as well. And then they do have some websites that are like broken down by niche. So like if you're in tech or even, I know there's like even influencer ones that you can go on and, and look at like salary and pay and stuff. So yeah, that's where I'd start. That's really good advice. Now, before we even get to the salary negotiations, mm -hmm. I'm sure there's things that people, employees should be doing before they even get into the room and start that conversation. So what would you say that someone who's looking to begin those conversations should start doing? Like what research should they, should they do? Or how should they prepare before going into those conversations? Yeah. Okay. So preparation before going into those conversations, I would say the biggest thing that you can do to prepare after you've had that initial research on Glassdoor is literally just to know your number. So, and what I mean by that is it's not to do with what you've been earning in the past um, because that's, throw that out the window, that's completely separate, right? You're looking to the future and what, and it's a new set of skills and a new set of asks. So I would say know your number and the preparation that you really should be doing is having that number and making sure that's what you're comfortable with earning on mm. a monthly or yearly basis, but then also having a range that, so for example, if you're given a range and you say, okay, I want to earn maybe around 40K, what most people will probably then go to do is in the interview, they'd say, oh, you know, they'd panic and they'd go, oh, I probably want to earn about 35 to 40K. Okay. That's not, that's not what you should be doing because then when you're given that range, they're going to take that bottom number. Of course. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So they're going to take that bottom number. So what you should do is prepare that range and have the number that you're aiming for at the bottom of that range. And then have the range above that, if that yes. makes sense. So have that number as the base of your range. So that's, yeah, that's the like number one preparation I would do. So have your numbers like in check. I think that's really good advice because I know that I've had situations, like you say, yeah. like, you know, like I'm going to go for this and you yeah. get in there and it's a very nerve wracking thing. Especially 100%. in the UK, we don't talk about yeah. money openly enough yeah. to feel confident enough to say like, I want 40K. You're going to say, you know, I could work with like a 33K. Yeah, nice but that's not what you want. Yeah, exactly. So I think you're exactly. right. You have to go in and know what you want. So like you said, so if you want to 
get 40k so you start the range at 40 so you yeah. 40 to 45 so yeah. make, to ensure that you're yeah absolutely and you, that range is so as we mentioned glass door um that range is so people will be posting their salaries online and you're going to see a range of numbers but obviously that those that range that you come up with should be in line with what you're seeing online and then you kind of go to the top end of that spectrum if that makes sense amazing that makes yeah. sense Let's talk about the actual negotiations now. Yeah. The, 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 the nitty-gritty yeah. of it. <laughs> sure. What are some of the ways and some of the strategies that people can use when it comes to negotiating salaries? Because I'm sure it's not just sit down with your manager and say, look, I want a high salary. Because you're probably, you might get it, but the chance yeah. you probably won't get it by have, like, going like that. Yeah. So what are some of the strategies and things that people can do to actually start well, hopefully get the, the the pay rise that they're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. So let me just clarify, actually, is this while you're in employment or is this brand new job and you want to make sure that you get- Let's a good do salary? both. So let's, let's, let's yeah. see if, while you're in employment and then if you're going for a brand new job. Okay, cool. So while you're in employment, I think maybe a mistake that people make is to say, you know, today I'm earning this amount, I'm doing this role and tomorrow I'm doing the same role, but I, I want more mm. pay. So even, you know, if you were the business owner, you wouldn't be able to justify that. So I think you need to turn that, put that hat on of a business owner first. And I think what you need to give people is basically notice for them to be able to make that change. So the strategy that I advise people to take is definitely ask for more money, but you need to give them the time to be able to implement this. So what I would say is that you go to your manager, you book in time with them and you know, you can make that ask on that very day, but what's more than likely to happen is, is they say they don't have the budget. So then you say, okay, what do you need to see from me in two to three months time in order for us to make that up for us to get to that number mm. so then you've given them the time frame they've given you what they need to know from you and then you know it's much more feasible that that happens so yeah that's the strategy I take when it's like in-house or like same same yes. job basically um for a new role um when it comes to is this just how to in basically how to ensure that they yes yeah get the get salary, salary for a new want. job yeah. Um, so I suppose the conversation is really what we need to look at. So when when you have that initial conversation with the recruiter, oftentimes they're going to ask you like, what salary are you looking for? I have a bit of a, is it an anagram? No, an acronym. Basically it's P-A-Y. You know when you, that's an acronym. Yeah, acronym, acronym, there you go. go. Yeah, acronym, <laughs> there you go. Um, it's P-A-Y. So the first thing that the recruiter normally does is say to you, oh yeah, great conversation. I actually wanted to ask you how much, like what salary did you want? The P of the P-A-Y is pushback. So you're going to mm. push back to them and you're going to say, you know, glad that you brought that up in this conversation. Did definitely want to discuss salary. However, I'm looking for, what I'm more focused on at the moment is a cultural fit, like that sort of thing. Okay. So you've got to push back. And because the mistake there that most people make is just answering straight away and just panicking and you don't want to do that. So the first thing you need to do is push back. The A of that is ask, basically asking them for their budget. So- what usually might happen is when you push back, they might say, okay, that's all great, but we don't necessarily move forward with candidates unless we have, you know, what they want to earn or unless we understand their budget. You say, that's absolutely fine. You can say something like, what I'm con what I'm maybe concerned about is not pricing myself out or maybe saying mm. a figure that might, you know, that might not fit with what you had in mind. Do you mind um, me asking you what your budget is for the role? So that's you asking them what they've been told by their management is the budget for the role. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, and then they might, usually that's the point where they share with you, okay, we've budgeted about 25 to 30K for the role. 
does that sit with you? You're great because they've then shared that with you first. You haven't gone in with a super low number for them. Um, if though they push back again and sort of say, oh, you know, we don't have a budget or I'm not comfortable sharing the budget with you or maybe just just tell me what you want to earn and, and mm-hmm. they don't want to do the back and forth. Then you can then say yes. And that's the why, the P-A-Y. Yes, I, you know, I'm more than happy to share with you the budget. Um, Sorry, more than happy to share with you my salary. What you don't want to say is the number you're currently earning. Okay. You don't want to say, oh, like, you know, I'm currently on 35K. What you want to say is that number that we spoke about from our glass door research. But what you want to do there is say, rather than say, this is what I want to earn. You say, the companies I'm currently speaking with, this is uh, right. in the budget of this. So that's okay. how you frame it. So you give the impression that basically you're speaking with loads of companies or a few companies and that's kind of where they're sitting. So it's not you that said the number. It's just what the companies are saying to okay, you. Okay, so you're kind yeah. of like pushing that off. Yeah, right. exactly. So yeah. P-A-Y. P-A-Y. Push back. Push back. Ask. ask. Yep. And then yes. And then it's a yes. Yeah. That is so yeah. good. <laughs> Thank you, girl. I've got to carry that one. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's a nice really way good. to remember it. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I think that's really useful yeah. advice. I think even I've come across recruiters myself. Obviously, I'm I'm not in that realm anymore, but yeah. I have done that. But I have a lot of people who I know that this is when they're looking for a new job, this is what they have to go through. To yeah. And it can be quite overwhelming. It's it's really intimidating, especially if you haven't done it for a long time, especially if you're early in your career. Um, but as you mentioned, like early on, we're in a cost of living crisis, girl. We're in a cost of living crisis. <laughs> and things are expensive. Exactly. So you have to do you it need yourself. To do, you need to do it. And that's what you need to have at the front of your mind. Like this, it's not about, it's not about that company. It's, you know, even if you're speaking with the manager or that recruiter, it's not like they're paying you out of their salary. Exactly. You know, they're going back to ask the company. So it's, it's fine for you to ask. And it's, you know, you need to put yourself first because no one else is going to do that exactly, for you. Exactly. 100%. Yeah. Let me ask you then on the flip side. Yep. Yeah. What are some of the common mistakes that you hear about that mm. people make when it comes to actually negotiating their salaries? Yes. Ah, oh, there are many. I'm <laughs> let sure. Me think, <laughs> let me think of some good ones. Um, okay, common mistakes. I'd say the first one is just plain and simple, not negotiating in the first place. Um, I'd say the only exception I really see to this, right, is maybe graduates that are entering a graduate scheme, mm-hmm. that there's like a cohort of them. They're all sort of coming in on the same salary. I'd yeah. say in that case... Fine, fair, don't negotiate. Um, And if, you know, these cases are always very, you have to look case by case, basically. And if, you know, you're speaking to like a CEO and they're literally looking you in your eye and saying there is no room for negotiation and you kind of understand that they're telling the truth, I'd say in that sense, fine, fair enough. But the majority of cases, I think it's something like 80 plus percent of recruiters are expecting and anticipating that the candidate is going to negotiate their salary. Wow. So so actually it's a, it's a massive mistake. And I'd say, yeah, I'd say it's not just that it impacts like you now, it's also the implications yet to come because when you accept a really low salary, you're impacting the next role and the role after exactly that. Exactly that. So that, that's it's And also like, you know, purchasing a house there's so many things that it comes into that comes into the decision that not negotiating in the first place is just mm. yeah it's just you, you don't want to make service by not yeah. doing that 100 percent, 100 percent. so that's that's the first mistake let me try and think of any more because i'm sure you probably mistakes. had a lot i know a lot of people come come to you for advice yeah. and for tips i'm sure there's probably big some mistakes. cases that you come across yeah so i okay so another big mistake i would say that's quite common is that people 
lean more on emotions when they're sort of doing the salary negotiation. Okay. So they might, so I know we've spoken a lot about cost of living and how things are expensive, but that's not what you need to focus on when you are negotiating your salary. Mm-hmm. Because yes, things are expensive, but that's not going to be the reason why you get paid more. So I will say like what you should focus on rather, it should be facts and figures. So there are two ways that you can probably do this best. Um, first way is with your skills. So you mm-hmm. can say things like, you know, this role requires three years of experience. I actually have five years of experience delivering X, Y, and Z. This is the return on investment that you're going to get from hiring me. And, you know, therefore this is what I expect to be earning on that level. And you want to say like, can we make up that gap or can we, you know, can we get a bit closer to the number so that it's beneficial for the both of us? So, it, cause it's really both of you against this number. It's yes. not you against them, right? Um, and I suppose another way that you can do this or to avoid that mistake is by looking back at the job description. So for example, when you're at the very beginning of the job search and the, you know, when you're first like scoping out the role, you might have agreed to a salary, but then by the end of the process, it actually might be a completely different role that you're sort of looking right, at. you fully understand. Exactly, what it's you gonna fully understand you. The, the scope of the role now. So you can actually, th- that, that's again, facts and figures because you're looking at it and saying, well, actually, when I agreed to 40K at the beginning, I didn't know this was the scope of the role. So by the end of that conversation, you can actually say, well, when we first spoke, it was, you know, let's say it's a project manager. Mm-hmm. I thought I was managing, I don't know, two to three projects. Now that we've delved a bit deeper, I actually know that I'm probably managing about five products over mm-hmm. this amount of time. The budget for that is going to be this amount and I'm going to be dealing with this many stakeholders. Therefore, I think this amount of money is a bit more appropriate. Right, so, that makes total yeah. sense. And I think, like you said, it's presenting evidence. I feel like exactly. I, I'm always a big fan. Like people can come to me with things mm. as long as you have a reason behind give me, it. Exactly. Yeah, give me a reason and yeah. something to look at and say, okay, cool, I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. That yeah. makes that exactly. makes so much sense. Yeah. So let's say someone's gone in, they want to negotiate a salary mm. and they've gotten that pushback and it says, look, we don't have any more money. Mm. There's no more money in the pot. Yeah. I wish I could, but we can't, right? Yeah. You've gone back and forth, you really tried, there's no more money. Mm. What else could employees look at negotiating that isn't money? So like any other perks or benefits that people could say, okay, you know what? I can't get more money. Maybe I can negotiate X. What else could people look yeah. to negotiate? This is a great question. And I'll be honest, I think it's more like pertinent in the US because I think in the US there's much more scope to like negotiate additional things outside of salary. From my experience and the people that I speak to, there's um, a bit less room for, for mm-hmm. extra things other than salary. However, because um, for example, in the US, it might be things like, I know they have like L tips or shares and things mm-hmm. like that that they might negotiate as part of their package, which I would suggest that you do as well. In the UK, I'd say the main ones that probably we should focus on um, would be, I think there might be a formal name for it, but basically like an additional learning subsidy. Like, you know, when you're, right, yes, yeah, yes, that yes, sort yes. of thing. That's the type of thing that I've seen um, be implemented in like a wider pay package. I've also seen been uh, seen bonuses. So mm-hmm. there's, but these are sort of things where it's not like a massive team that you're entering. It's really just like, maybe you're, you're kind of um, recruited as a specialist or somebody in a standalone role, that sort of thing. Because I think when it's a, a team, it's slightly harder to do it. Like mm-hmm. I can't imagine, for example, you're getting, you know, your team existing um, gets 28 days of holiday and you're allowed to get like 30 something. Like, you know, that sort of stuff I've heard in the US, but not necessarily in the UK. Another thing I think in the UK that might be good to negotiate just 
the the way you work basically. So like remote options. Right, so you can actually negotiate about how many times I have to be in the office. Exactly. Can I do hybrid working? Hundred percent. Because a lot of the time that stuff costs money. Basically, mm. um, it costs money to come into the office. If you're currently working from home and you have a few more hours in the office in the new role definitely bring that up and try and negotiate as a part of your package. There's extra bits, not as much as the US, but the things yeah. that people can consider. Yeah. Having a conversation, you never know. Like the learning Absolutely. subsidy. Yeah. I remember I had that in one of my jobs and I was able to go and pick up another language when they, they oh, fully wow. covered it. But yeah. that's, that's all stuff that I didn't have to pay for, but I could yeah. negotiate and make sure I had that there. Exactly. So I yeah. think, yeah, that's a really good point. I want to come to the topic of rejection now. Mm. A lot of people, do you know what? Not a lot of people. Us as humans, we fear yeah, rejection. 100%. Yeah. In any which way, you a lot of people don't want to enter things if they know that there's a chance that they could be rejected. Yeah. And this is a topic and a conversation where, you know, rejection could come. Mm. There's, there's, it really could end in rejection. Yeah. So how can people deal with that fear of rejection? Because, yeah. you know, sometimes that fear might put people off from having a conversation full stop. Yeah. Just in case they get rejected. So how can people deal with it? To actually be able to say, you know what, I might do, but let me still go ahead and have that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, to be honest, it's, you're right in basically saying as humans, it's something that we feel. There's a lot of anxiety around this conversation. And I think what tends to happen now, especially because there's quite a lot of job seekers that are maybe long-term job seekers. They've been looking for a job for a long while. So when they do land an offer, they're just grateful to be off the job, like job search. They're Mm. just like, thank God let me just take this offer. But I think it, a lot of it starts from mindset basically. And I think the mindset that you should have going into interview conversations is they have seen something on my CV that makes me worth having this conversation about. First of all, that's the reason why they, that why they want me here while we're having this conversation. And I say this a lot is because I view job search or, you know, you're looking for a job as a sale, basically, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're, you're filling, you're filling in a need and you wouldn't be there if there wasn't this massive need in this organization. Um, so when you look at it, so for example, um, let's take the project manager example from before a project manager is coming in to fill a role without that project manager things would be absolutely all over the place there'd you know there'd be no scope to take on more projects the company would be losing money Mm. things would be disorganized and I think that's the reframe that people need to do to give themselves confidence is that you're not just going in as a project manager you're literally going in to solve a problem that this company could not do without and they want to pay somebody to do that so and and also on top of that, so that will give you your confidence and then the skills to do it or the reason why you're going to do it is that they expect you to. They they anticipate you coming in and selling yourself as this experienced person. They anticipate you're going to ask to be paid well for what you're doing because you have expertise. And I'd say, um, I'd reframe it as well and just think that they probably would look at you, not judge you, let me not go that far, but they would probably look at you and say, okay, maybe that's a, a sign of inexperience if you're not to negotiate. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So that, that's, that's what I would say. I would look at it from that perspective that I'm I'm expected to negotiate and, and this is a normal conversation that they're having. They're used to it and it's fine for me to ask these questions. And actually I come across as a more experienced hire yes. if I fight for my for my value basically. Yes, that's a good way to put it. I remember yeah. I had a conversation with my dad. I think one of my first ever like, you know, big girl jobs. Yeah. <laughs> um I was going to take the first salary. Yeah. And my dad said, "No, no, 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 no. Go but back." Love and I said, it. "I'm like, but I'm fine with that salary." He said, "No, no, 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 no. Yeah. You need to go back and negotiate." He said, "Even if you don't get 
loads more. Yeah. You will get more and they expect it. And I exactly. think that's, like you said, it's reframing. Like they actually expect this and you seem like, you know, this isn't your first rodeo if exactly. you actually ask for Act more. like you've been here before. Act like you've been here before. <laughs> like, Even yeah. if you haven't, pretend like you <laughs> exactly. have. Exactly. Pretend yeah. like you have. Yeah. When it comes to balancing relationships with your employees, your managers, whoever. Yeah. But still advocating for you know, being paid right. How can you balance that? Because I know there's mm. some people who say, you know what? I don't really want to mess up the flow. Me and my mm. manager got a good thing going. We have a good relationship. Yeah. I don't necessarily want them to see me any differently, mm. but I kind of do want more money. I believe I'm doing well and I should be paid fairly for that. Yeah. How can you manage that? I'm sure, yeah. Have you ever felt that as well? Yeah, I definitely. Like, I think we've all had that feeling of like, you know, my manager and I get on mm. and it's like work-life separated from like, Okay, can you pay me more yeah. type, type thing, right? But I also think that we need to remember that, kind of like we were alluding to before, it's not money coming out of your manager's back pocket, right? It's But that budget does exist somewhere. And they're, they're merely the door that you have to, kind of the yes. conversation that you have to have to get there. So don't look at it like this personal thing because your manager also has to have those same conversations about his or her salary, right? To, to their boss. Yes. They have to do it. And it's just, it's just merely the vessel or the means that you have to get access to that conversation. And yes. I think especially before you start a role as well, a lot of the time it's recruiters that you're having that salary conversation with. They're going to go and speak to HR or blah, blah, blah. And it doesn't necessarily impact your day-to-day role. It's not something that's going to be held against you. A lot of people think that, you know, their offer might be rescinded and things like that. And Mm. it is, but you know, it can be very intimidating, but you need to remember that that conversation is a standalone conversation and you're just, you're just simply representing yourself for, for your employment. It doesn't, you know, you, you don't have a banner. You're not printing a banner to say, you know, I've asked for more money like in your day-to-day work. It's just something you have to get done. Yes, yeah. I completely agree with you. And I yeah. think that's, that's a really good way to kind of keep that mindset and realise. Yeah, I think sometimes we, we put too much attachment and emotion to something that is just a pretty normal conversation that we all have to have. Yeah. I think once you realise that, it makes that conversation much easier. Yeah, absolutely. Before we wrap up, yeah. I want to ask you, what are some of your top tips for anyone who is entering the job market and they're looking to negotiate a salary or they're already in an existing job. They love what they're doing, but they want to go for a high salary. My top tip I think would be salary negotiation starts way before you have that conversation. So what I mean by that is when you're sending out hundreds of CVs and you're not maybe tailoring your like CVs and yes. all of that stuff, may- maybe having conversations and positioning yourself as like a high caliber um, higher, that all feeds into your sal- salary negotiation, basically. So you want to, from the outset, you want to make sure that you've just maybe chosen a couple of companies. You've said, these are some legit places that I want to work. You tailor your CV, you make it really, really clear why you're a fit. And then basically you make salary conversations much easier for yourself because Mm. from the outset, they're looking at you like, okay, this person knows what they're talking about rather than fighting for your life at the very end. Exactly. (laughs) Um, That's what I would say. And then somebody that's in sort of currently in employment um, that's looking for their next salary. I would just say, have the conversation. I think my first, um, the tip I said earlier around giving that company or giving that person the time to be able to prove those results and and to be able to see that you've proved those results. I think that's the most important thing that you can do and just make sure you follow up. And I would say for for both of those pools or types of candidates, the onus is on you to ask that question. So like, 
yeah, do it with confidence and I'm sure I'm sure you'll be fine. Do it with confidence. Thank yeah. you so much, Shay. You have no been incredible. Worries. Oh, no Blessing worries, the then. podcast. <laughs> For anyone listening and watching who wants yep. to learn more from you, mm. say what you got. You've got some resources as well. Yes. Where I can do. they find you and where can they find those resources? Yes. So um, resources and writing and threads, that's all done on Twitter. So it's Jobs with Shay on Twitter. Um, and then, yeah, that has like a link basically to all of my resources um, that are available. I've got an ebook on communications, on interviews, all of that stuff. And then just for more personal stuff on Instagram, it's Shay Lokes. Um, and yeah, you can follow me there to, to sort of keep up with what I get up to. Amazing. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you for having me. This has been great, honestly. No, thank you. And everyone listening and watching, we're back again next week with another episode. Bye, guys. <laughs>